0: WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel.
1: Always something going on here on the Upfront program. Hi, everybody. Welcome into our Friday edition. I'm Roger Bouchard. I'll be here for the next hour. And, um, I'll have uh, some people to talk to. Uh, First uh, person to talk to will be Bob Martin from Crossroads Real Estate Group. And then in our paid segment, we'll be getting a chat with uh, John Brien, who is running for mayor of the city of Woonsocket. And in our third segment, we'll open up our telephone lines and you can talk about anything that you would like to talk about as uh, we uh, close out the uh, hour and close out the week. All right, let's uh, get down to business here. Let's see if our uh, real estate uh, expert is in the house. Robert, are you there? I am, Roger. Okay. The Robert we're talking to is Bob Martin, and uh, he is the uh, broker-owner of Crossroads Real Estate Group in Woonsocket. And uh, if you uh, like some of the things that uh, Bob says or you have a question for him, you can always uh, give him a call after his segment at 766 766- 7545 hit extension 111 and you should be able to uh, talk to a guy who knows a lot about real estate so we're ready to go with our real estate question of the week it's in here and I'm going to read it to you Bob I'm buying a house and just had the home inspection completed there are a number of minor items that need to be addressed I'm a handy person and I can do most of the work myself so I asked the seller to give me $5,000 at the closing, he said he told me he cannot do that. The lender will not allow it. Now the question is, based on your many years of experience, is that true?
2: Yes, yes it is. Uh, it's something we come across quite often, and it's either offered or asked in uh, inadvertently, if you will, or innocently, probably a better word. And, and it's like, why can't you give me some money? So... It goes back to this. Um, a lender is looking to lend a certain percentage of their appraised value. If the appraised value and the selling price equal, which is what we like, there is there is not an issue. So, maybe putting it as an example. Roger, I'm buying a house from you for $100,000 and I'm putting $10,000 down. And the lender it appraises at a hundred. So the lender says, Okay, we're willing to make this mortgage to you because partly because you're putting ten thousand dollars into the property. So you've got some skin in the game, if we, as we, we would put it. A little blood, sweat, and tears. That gives us a comfort level that you probably won't walk away because you have ten thousand at risk. Now, Roger, I, I approach you and say, You know, Roger I want to buy the house, but there, there's work to be done. So could you just give me back $5,000 for closing? And I will uh, do the work that's necessary. Well, on occasion, the work isn't done, because they use the money for something else. But now, the way the lender says is, well, wait a minute. We're making this mortgage based on $10,000 that you're putting in, but you're really not putting in 10000 because the seller's giving you back five. So you really have only put $5,000 into the property, and maybe we as the lender would not be comfortable making the mortgage with you putting in only $5,000. So they look at it as a reduction in the selling price. Now, the reason that people ask for money is if I were to go to you, Raj, and say, well, why don't we just lower the price to 95000 in lieu of work?" this work? And you could agree. Um, but then that doesn't put any money in the buyer's pocket or in my pocket to do any of the work, you know, $5,000 reduction at today's rates probably saves me $22 a month, $23 a month in the mortgage payment. So it, it's not unusual, particularly with the oldest stock that we have in within Rhode Island, and in, in, in Woonsocket, Pawtucket and whatnot. So the other aspect is, okay, um, Can I escrow the money? Can the seller put money with the attorney or the lender so that when the work is done, it can be inspected and uh, they would then disperse the money? Most mortgage programs, because we all know they all sell their mortgages, do not want to deal with escrow payments. So that oftentimes, 9 out of 10 is ruled out. So to get that kind of money, uh, one way uh, that is, call it legal, permissible is for the seller to pay part of the closing costs. So now I say, Roger, I wasn't asking you to pay for any of my fees, the attorney's fees and whatnot, but would you pay, and it's regulated by a percentage, so in this case you could go up to 5%, so would you pay $5,000 of my closing costs? And if you said yes, that is permissible Um, from the lender. It goes right on the settlement sheet and $5,000 Five thousand that I would have spent in buying this property is now paid for by you, and therefore it saves me the five thousand. So it indirectly, it puts money in my pocket. But if if we've already negotiated that you're paying part of my closing costs, we very oftentimes run into you know a dead end because we say we cannot do that. You cannot convey money. Um, so where do we go from there? So the key there is giving money back to the buyer what we've done on occasion is um let's say it needs a roof and the lender didn't have a problem with the roof and we we have a firm price well what we've done on occasion is we say okay when you close Mr. Seller you can pay the roofer directly that's maybe walking the line but it's not defrauding anyone because now the bank is getting a better mortgage, a better, better product because now there's a new roof. So we try to work around, but there are occasions where we just there's no way to turn. It. But to give money to a a buyer to anticipation of doing repairs, um, I, it's not legal. I don't want to say someone's going to go to jail over it, but let's see, the lender, the lender was aware of it, they would not make the mortgage. So um, and it it happens. To the request happens quite often uh, most of the time we can work our way around it um, and it comes in when the buyer either feels he can do the work for less money and put some in his pocket or that the seller doesn't have the money to do the repairs until they close and get some settlement money um, so it um. It's not unusual, but in this particular case, the seller is is correct that he is not permitted to give back cash or a check, call it under the table. Plus, there's an affidavit signed by all parties at the closing that says that the the price is the true price and that there is no money being passed under the table. So um, that pretty much is maybe an expansive answer, but the seller in this case is correct, and they should look to an alternative way that is permissible to um, to get him the, the repairs that he's
1: looking for. Thank you, Bob. You know, Bob, I like you, and and I've known you over 30 years, so I have uh, one more quick real estate question to ask you. So if I have known you as long as I have, and, and I, I like the way that you do business, and I want to sell my house, if I list it with you, am I restricting myself to uh, to your company or will the whole universe uh, get a chance to see my house? And on the other hand, if I'm, um, if I'm buying, uh, buying a house um, uh, and, you're the, and, and, the, and the buyer has got somebody else's name on, on the house, another real estate company, but I like you and I've been dealing with you, um, can, you uh, can you get that house for me? Or, or is it because it's listed as somebody else, that's a big deal and uh, it's complicated?
2: No, no, it's not a big deal. Uh, on the sell side, Roger, um, the word realtor, uh, in order to be a, a code of ethics, simply says that anything I, I list, I list your property, I must uh, put it in the multiple listing service, which basically in this day and age with Internet and whatnot, um, is available to anyone in the world. So anyone that wants to see your product, product, it gets put on Zillow, it gets put on realtor.com, on homes.com. And if whatever I'm charging you to sell your property, I will share that cost, or your cost, my income, and I offer a portion of that to any other realtor that wants to come in and purchase your home. So it, what, it really creates a market for, for selling homes. When I got in the business, that wasn't the case. Uh, We didn't give out addresses. There were no photos. But today, to answer your question, yes, it's marketed universally. On the other side, now I'm selling your home, and you like me, and you want to use me to buy. The same thing works in reverse, that all of the properties that are in the multiple listing service, which is a very high percentage, the only ones that may not be available there would be someone that's trying to sell the house on their own, Without a real estate professional But even at that I can work something out with you Make an appointment Get in to see it And uh, we, we build in a cost or whatnot. So, So you know, the, the market works That we all cooperate In the sale of homes And I offer money To other agencies um, And If I'm working with you They do a similar thing with me Is that I get I get paid, if you will, by the listing agent who's sharing their, a portion of their commission with me at, at no cost to you.
1: So I can see here that if, I, I, if I'm comfortable with a, with a person that I've known a long time, buying or selling, uh, probably the best thing is to get in contact with that because you're going to have a comfort level and you're not going to lose anything in, in the process.
2: You lose nothing. And on the other hand, you know, I, I, I happen to have one now where I, I sold the home. They wanted me to go look at their property. So in the, in the purchase of the home, I, I've, I've got the listing. I represent the seller, but I represent them in the sale of their home. But what, what that does is it gave my sellers a comfort level that I told them, you know, I've priced the home uh, competitively. It's a nice home. It should sell. It's in, you know, a high turnover area. Um, And the other aspect is very oftentimes people want to sell their home because they have to in order to purchase another home. Well, if, if I'm handling both sides of the transaction, it's much easier for me to coordinate a close in the morning, buy in the afternoon type thing than when I'm dealing with a third party who really doesn't have any... Interest in what they're buying, he's only interested in selling. So it, it does work much easier when the same person, if you're comfortable with them, handles both sides of the transaction.
1: Thank you, Bob Martin. Always a pleasure chatting with you about real estate. And uh, let's make a date next uh, Friday at the same time, okay? Okay, Raj. All right, thank you. Weekend. All right. That's our real estate question of the week from Bob Martin, Robert Martin from Crossroads Real Estate Group of one socket. We'll talk to John Brien in 30 seconds. Kayer Kasher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick, 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're K.R. Kasher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having K.R. Kosher to consult with on your personal Financial situation is like having all the right answers. All right, Kay or Kasher, the CPAs, and um, they're uh, in Warwick and uh, they're here in Woonsocket too. uh, If you need to meet them up here too. All right, uh, our real estate segment is over, and the um, next uh, fifteen minutes has been purchased by the uh, John Brien for Mayor campaign, and John Brien is in the studio with us right now, and we're going to say hello to him. How you doing,
3: John? Great, Roger. How are you? Good morning, and uh, and thank you for having me, and, and thank you uh, to the listeners for being here.
1: So, I'm um, uh, thinking about the uh, campaign for mayor here in the city of Winsocket and this week has been the week of signs. I've been traveling all over the city. Uh, I was uh, going out to Manville Road to Old Orchard Farm and Greenhouse, and uh, there they are. Uh, Brian signs and uh, Baldelli hunt signs, and, and uh, no matter what street you turn... Two um, There are signs. This is the week of signs.
3: Is that right? Yes, I think so. <laughs> um, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, but I will start by saying thank you to everyone for the overwhelming requests for lawn signs, big and small, from uh, our campaign. And if you want a lawn sign, you can go to johnbrienformayor.com or Mayor. At gmail.com let me know that you want to sign in to come in we'll, all different sizes yeah and we'll have one delivered to you it's we we we, uh, we have been really overwhelmed with requests and it's it's so humbling and and it's really fascinating to see but I believe that uh, people are are excited and motivated by my campaign and I think that's a wonderful thing but Roger I'm glad you you, you brought up signs because it's one of my first topics and I just want to start out by saying that I think you know we're going to use these 15 minutes in the next three weeks as kind of like a three-week series, which each of my core principles of leadership, vision, and integrity uh, serving as the topic. And this week, I'm going to start with leadership. And I want to talk about what leadership is and what leadership is not. And so I'm going to start with the topic of signs. On uh, March 12th, Roger, I came out and I announced with three core values... And I have consistently discussed those core values, leadership, vision, and integrity. And leadership is being able to discuss your own qualities and what you bring to the table. To be able to show to the voters what it is that, that, that makes you qualified to hold this position. To be able to put yourself out there and, and say, uh, this is who I am. And not tear someone down, but to actually speak about yourself. Um, in regard to signs, Roger, I would just say that leadership is not co-opting your opponent's message and thinking that nobody will notice. I just, I just think it's sad that the current mayor, who has never used the word leadership on any of her campaign signs or paraphernalia or anything before suddenly decides that she's going to use that term for her own campaign. And I would just say that after seven years, if you can't devise your own core concepts, then clearly there's a problem there. I mean, clearly I don't have a monopoly on the word leadership, Uh, but it is definitely what I will bring to City Hall and this city, and it is what is so sorely lacking at this time. I mean, I, I I can say that I drive a Maserati, but just because I say it doesn't make it true. Uh, just because the current mayor has chosen over the last several months to use the words leadership and vision, when she hasn't ever relied on those terms uh, like she has now, uh, it, that doesn't make it true. In fact, it makes it seem as though she's just playing follow the leader and uh and so I, I just think that um i find it amusing and 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 but that's fine uh, people know that we came out on march 12th and leadership is is proving that that is a, a quality uh, that you possess um my my second point on leadership or what leadership is is leadership is being able to work with other elected leaders in the city and create a collaborative environment and being able to accept that not every idea is going to be yours, Roger. Uh, and that's okay. You don't have to come up with every idea. I think governing is easy. I think it's you support the good ideas and you don't support the bad ones. It's not that hard. It's the way I've always been. And I don't think it matters who the idea comes from, whether they had your sign up or not, whether they're on your team or not, whether they're in a different branch of government or not. Uh, I just think that if it's an idea that's going to push the city forward, then you find a way to get behind it and move that idea forward. And I'm going to give you two clear examples. And one is the middle school and one is the solar project that I and my colleagues have worked so hard on over the last several years. In regard to the middle school, the mayor wanted a, an assisted living facility from a group out of Chicago. When the council wanted the Tayo group, and we wanted to have a building that was at market value rents uh, and a nice building and something that I think was unique and different in Park Place. Um, the council approved the Tayo group's presentation, and we wanted to have that be a success. Unfortunately, this administration put up every, every possible roadblock, Roger, to to impede the success of that project. Uh, and in fact, there was a point in which Blake Collins, the former uh, PR coordinator, he refused to put out a press release that the city council had chosen the Tayo Group. Now compare that to the Resh project, which is a worthy project, which is a good project, and certainly... Um, you know, there's no complaints there. But the council learned of that project via press release. Uh, and we knew nothing about it other than what we learned that everybody else learned at the same time. So at one point, Roger, you knew much, as much about that project as I did. Um, and the administration got right behind that because that was, you know, something that they could take credit for. And this is a, this obsession of with credit is not leadership. Uh, it's just merely an obsession and and so uh, these are two worthy projects but one got stymied over politics and the fear of not being able to take that credit and that's not what leadership is about it's about what's doing best for the city always under any circumstances and not living in an atmosphere that you're having a government by press release and I, i just you'll never get that from me um you'll 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 you will not I, I can and will work collaboratively with the other elected leaders in this city and they will remain informed and involved uh, even if it's not my idea I, I really couldn't care less about that as long as it's a good one and then we'll go to solar and, and the city council approved a project that would generate revenue and savings of approximately 20 million over 25 years and we did that openly we did that transparently And this current mayor has done nothing but put up roadblocks and ignore a council resolution to begin those negotiations. Now compare that with the proposal for the LED lights, which again is a good thing. And I have no problem saying that. But this is something that several communities are or already have done. And we're following their lead. So... But it's put out as though this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and there's a press release that goes out and um, it, it's, it's full speed ahead with this project, but that's only because it's not the council's project. So, I mean, though, those are four projects that all could have been done, but only two of them are done, but only two of them are done because they came from the executive, from this current mayor's administration, and not from the city council. So we're sacrificing worthy projects because a lack of leadership and a lack of being able to collaborate because of being so insecure about who gets the credit. And that's certainly not leadership, Roger. And, you know, I will, I, I'm going to lead this city and I will look at all projects that are worthy and, and And no matter the source and and that's what leadership is. It doesn't matter. I hope to get everyone in the room whether you supported me or not on day one of my administration and say, "Let's go, let's brainstorm because if you didn't support me, this is my opportunity to give you a reason to support me in the future and uh, I think that's what that's what you know leadership is all about and then. A third topic, Roger, is something that came up actually yesterday, and this, was, this is fresh in my mind, and that's why I want to talk about it. Someone said to me the day I was going door-to-door yesterday, uh, and I've been doing that all along. And, and someone said to me, you know, I, I went to City Hall before COVID hit because, as you know, City Hall is, is locked up tight, uh, unfortunately. The public has no access to City Hall except to pay their bills which is rather unfortunate um but someone said to me you know i went to city hall and i had questions and i i brought some plans in and um, I, i i i needed to to find some information out in various departments and what i got was a look of a deer in the headlight look and it seemed to me like a look of fear like the person was afraid they didn't want to give the wrong answer and i don't and I, what I saw was, was really disturbing to me. And, I, and, I, and, and I've talked about that before on this, on, on, on this segment. And I've said, you know, the, 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 the atmosphere at City Hall right now is a toxic atmosphere in which the, we've got valuable and loyal long-term city employees who fear for their jobs. And they fear for retribution. And, um, you know, leadership is being able to empower and lift people up. To let them do their jobs, to delegate, to hold them up when they do good things, to create an inclusive environment that, that allows people to blossom and to showcase their value and their worth. And that's not what we have now. It's, it's what we have now is, a, is an atmosphere of you know, fear and intimidation and, and retribution against political opponents. I mean, I, there, are, there are stories, and I, there's a recent story of, of a taxpayer being intimidated because of a, a sign on his front lawn. Someone being followed home by the police and the current mayor calling his job the next day in an effort to intimidate. Someone getting cited, all their rental properties cited because they put up the wrong sign. Someone's budget being slashed because they put up the wrong sign. And I think that we need to stop this. We don't need to live in a city where you're in fear of the person that you've elected. You know, we need to have a, a, an environment where the leader of the city shows leadership and, and, and you believe in that person, and that person can can accept the criticism um, and the accolades at the same time and, and, and deal with people on a, on a personal and professional level. And I, I hope that this, and I think that this campaign has got the motivation it does because I think people are, are beginning to realize, yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah, I'm tired of that. And I hope this gives them the strength that they need to be able to come forward and say, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of living in this atmosphere and I'm not going to stand for it anymore. I think that leadership is being able to run a campaign that's not negative. A campaign that, that says, this is what I've done. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is my ideas. I hope you have trust and faith in me uh, for bringing these ideas forward and you think I'm the best candidate and if you don't, well that's fine but leadership is not negative campaigning and tearing the other person down and trying to make the person look bad and dragging their family into uh, negative situations and um, I just don't think that that's leadership I think that that that's fear and I'm, I'm not afraid, Roger, to say who I am and what I am, and I don't need to discuss uh, negatively my opponent because, as I've said on this, on this segment and to you before, I'm not running against anyone for mayor. I'm not running against anyone. I'm running for mayor, and I'm trying to go out there every day and have a proper job interview with people and earn their trust, and I think that's, you know, that's what leadership is all about. And it's, it's about being able to put your best qualities out there and putting yourself on the line. And maybe people won't accept or will not or, or, or will disagree with it. You don't have the qualifications uh, to be mayor. And that's fine. But I'm not going to attack someone else and tear them down. Um, and I don't think that uh, to do so is leadership. So that's my uh, that's that, that's that's this week's uh, segment my series on the core values that's my first core value roger leadership you made it easy on me today. yeah i know you were on cruise control <laughs> but i just had a lot of thoughts and you know it's 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 you know it's it just comes to me and and i just uh you know what i remember i was doing radio once on uh, on a providence radio station and one of the producers looks at it. we weren't getting calls at this this particular hour and the producer looked at me and he said you know for a guy that's a uh an amateur doesn't do this professionally you really can riff without getting calls it's amazing and so um i like the radio and i like being able to just speak my mind and i like to be able to use this segment to communicate with the good people of this city and let them know that there's a real choice there's real leadership vision and integrity and i i believe that's me and i'm going to continue to try to prove myself to you um and i look forward to meeting you
1: Thank you for being with us today, but I want you to think about something uh, for a future program. I'm, I'm looking at the list of uh, 14 candidates who are running for city council. You're running for mayor. I understand that. However, I can put together a list of council candidates that could make uh, your job or any other mayor's job tough mm-hmm. here in the city of Winsocket. So maybe in a future program you could look at uh, those council candidates and... Um, and maybe uh, tell the voters that if they're going to vote for John Brien, um, what kind of... uh, I know you're not running as a team, but what kind of a... Of a council, you don't have to name names, but what kind of a makeup of a council will you need to carry your agenda? Because yeah, and, and and it's going to
3: take two two groups. You know that you're the council vice president, no, and I and I agree with that a hundred percent. And I do have a, a a list of, and we'll we'll, we'll get there and mm-hmm. we'll get closer. You know, All I right. have a list of of council candidates that I am supporting, and they're supporting me. Great, but I can and and I am absolutely hopeful, and I will help to get them elected, just as they will help to get me elected. But I can say this honestly. Let's say that a calamitous event occurred and none of them got elected and there was a whole nother set of seven councilors. Mm-hmm. As mayor, my job is to work with them, whoever's elected, to, to do what I can to move the city forward. And I think you, you, you get with them and you say, hey, these are my priorities. Uh, what are your priorities? Now let's work together to find that, that common place. And I think that that's leadership. And I think that's what we have not had. I've spent four years on this council Battling and trying to peel back the onion to find out what's really going on. And it becomes exhausting, and it's literally what has held us back in the city of Winsocket. We can and be so much more, and we will be more uh, when, uh, God willing, I'm, a, I'm elected mayor, but only with the help of your good listeners and the good people of this city, and I, I thank you for the time.
1: Thank you, John Brien, candidate for mayor, time purchased by the Brien for Mayor campaign. The Upfront program continues with open line conversation. Anything you want to talk about, we've got some time to talk about it. But first of all, let's talk about uh, Savini's Pomodoro this weekend. Savini's Pomodoro Restaurant is open for inside and outside dining, too. And you can enjoy our famous and very popular Sicilian-style pizza, clam cakes and chowder, fish and chips, fried clam sandwiches, and our full Italian specialties, too. And you can always order takeout, taking reservations for indoor and outdoor service at 762. 5114 Savini's Pomodoro Rathbun Street, Socket, Open Tuesday through Sunday And yes, we always have family-style chicken Thank you very much And we'll be open uh, today at noontime For uh, lunch You can dine uh, inside or outside And uh, you can enjoy our great menu Including our Sicilian pizza We are Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar Open all weekend long And uh, we hope you'll uh, have a dining experience at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. We want to announce that the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ will usually play their ad for their Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And their Sunday services at 1 p.m. This week, the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ will uh, not hold services as they are attending other um, religious um, events. In another, um, ...in another state. So, Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Sunday service for 1 p.m. this coming Sunday will not be held. But it will resume the week after. We'll tell you about that then. This is the uh, Upfront program on WNRI. And uh, Jeff Gamash will be joining us. If you want to say something about any topic, you're welcome to do that. Open line conversation begins in a few moments. Champs Liquors for Kiway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vinions of California. Quality wine. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light. 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Socket. Champs Liquors now offers in-store shopping. Come on in and browse around. You're welcomed. Social distancing observed at Champs Liquors. And remember, if you have a question, call us at 765-1800 and we'll cheerfully answer any question you have about beer, wine, and liquors. Champs Liquors for Keyway, One Socket. If you need a plumber, I hope you'll consider Ray Dion, Dion's Plumbing Systems. From Cumberland, serving the greater Woonsocket area, we do residential and commercial work. We work on kitchens and bathrooms, heating systems, drain cleaning. We're licensed. We're insured. Over 30 years' experience from Ray Dion, you can expect clean, neat, dependable, and courteous work. So when the pipes burst, think of Dion's Plumbing first. The number to call is 334-6060, Dion's Plumbing Systems. We do bathrooms, kitchens, heat and hot water systems, and all kinds of special work as it relates to plumbing. Dion's Plumbing Systems. Think of us. We'll do it right for you.
0: You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
1: Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome back to uh, the Upfront program. I'm Roger Bouchard, and as soon as uh, John... And uh, Jeff are done chatting in the other room. Jeff Gamash uh, will be uh, joining us on the uh, on the program. But we do want to tell you that uh, it is open line conversation. So, what topic do you want to talk about? And I'll tell you, uh, there are plenty of them to talk about. We have uh, a presidential uh, we have a presidential election that's in progress, and within the last two weeks, we've had two national conventions. They have been different from other national conventions uh, for the presidential year, but they've, they're done. And uh, Joe Biden has spoken and Donald Trump has spoken. And now we move into the next phase of the, uh, of the election campaigning. And will there be a presidential debate? I certainly hope there will be. So that's uh, story number one. And, uh, also story number two is, um, is that we have uh, some real unusual things happening in the state of Rhode Island. What kind of schooling will the kids uh, be uh, subjected to? Uh, and that is going to vary uh, depending on whether your child attends, for instance, uh, Greater, Greater Winsocket Catholic Regional School System, whether they attend Winsocket public schools, uh, whether they uh, live in um, a rural community like, Charlestown, Rhode Island, as opposed to Central Falls, Rhode Island. So the nature of schooling for uh, September will be different depending on where you um, where you reside. And uh, the governor will have plenty to say on that. So we've got uh, topic number one: the presidential um, the presidential campaign is underway. Now that the conventions are over, both of them. And topic number two is the schools and They're reopening in various stages. The governor will have a lot more to say. As a matter of fact, next week, Monday through Friday, the governor is holding five briefings. A longer one on Monday, shorter ones Tuesday through um, Friday. And she'll be speaking about the evolving policies of reopening the schools. They'll be different for every community. So uh, if you hear something for Boroughville, it won't be the same as Woonsocket. And then our third story that uh, developed uh, this morning is a happy note. We want to congratulate our own John DePietro for the best radio talk show host of 2020. And uh, this is not the Call Reader's Choice Survey, Best in Business, or anything like that. This is Rhode Island Monthly magazine. And that was a statewide uh, tribute for uh, John DePietro. So those are a few topics uh, to get us underway. Uh, before we uh, say hello to Jeff, I want to remind you that our telephone numbers, if you would like to participate in today's program, are uh, easy to remember. One that goes back to 1954, Poplar Nine O Six Hundred. now just 769-0600, and uh, the other number is 766-1380. Love to hear from you. This is a talk show, and we've got about 12 minutes of time to spend together, so use it if you wish. Good morning, Jeff.
0: Good morning, and uh, yeah, I also want to congratulate uh, John petro It's been a pleasure to work with him uh, here at WNRI and, and, and learn and grow with him. Um, it can be bad form sometimes, but while we wait a phone call to uh, pat ourselves on the back, there's just this a few things over this past year that I've come to realize that you run a pretty good operation here, Roger Bouchard. Um, and sometimes you don't realize it when you're in the heat of it. You don't realize uh, what you have in your household until you step out of it and look back into it. Uh, a couple of things were brought to my attention that made me realize you have a process. And I say you have a process because I've watched it be built from 25 for 25 years, I've watched it built under your your guidance. Um, 25 years ago, when it was just you and I in the building, there was literally nobody else here. And how uh, how painstakingly it grew to where it is today. The support staff at WNRI commendable, and I know that from talking with a host like John DePietro. And learning what he would receive from it for support at bigger markets and other markets. So when it comes to the support staff at WNRI, Roger, you're doing something right with your radio station. Also, the the ability that you allow, uh, how you allow a host to be creative and allow them to do their programs. So uh, kudos to you. Even to the point of uh, technical aspects, Roger, I was on the phone with one of our satellite companies this week and made a program change, the guy's telling me how to make a satellite change. And Uh I'm like, well, you know, 90% of the stations don't know how to change a program on satellite. (laughs) So you run a good operation, and it's the support from top to bottom that allows a program like John DiPietro to be number one. But I will say, and I I think you may observe it as well, Roger, one of the hottest working guys in the game. Uh, Yes, that's where I wanted to uh, branch
1: off on, uh, is uh, of all the... People that I've run across in uh, the broadcasting business, uh, in terms of show preparation, uh, time invested in finding guests, and uh, and also in terms of you know having finding a guest is one thing, and interviewing them well is another thing unto itself. You've got to have the, the right questions, and you've got to bring a certain amount of a body of knowledge to the interview. And if you don't, it's, you know, it's like interviewing somebody who has written a book and you haven't read the book, and you're you're trying to interview them about the book, can't be done. You've got to uh, bring something to the table, and that's where I would uh, congratulate John. So, congratulate t- to um, congratulations to. John DePietro. Now, what are we going to send him? a uh, edible arrangement?
0: Uh, I uh, got a few of these donut holes left. We can send him right. a few of those. Yeah, and yeah. Don't Some stale Blueberry yet. donut holes, yeah. Uh, we, we are also, the ability to recognize what the audience wants. Mm-hmm. And this is something I learned as a stage performer. I don't really care how many times I didn't want to sing Sweet Carolina Friends in Low no Places. you got to give the people what they want. Yep. And uh, he has that ability, as we've seen, uh, graciously stepping aside to allow the governor on the airwaves for the important COVID messages because he knows. That's what the audience wants to hear. So um, you've got to recognize the audience as well. All right, so John DePietro gets a statewide award from Rhode Island
1: Monthly Magazine. And, um, and we're happy about it because uh, he's right here on WNRI and will be in just a few hours from now at 11 o'clock this morning. So congratulations to John. And if there's another topic that you would like to um, talk about. Please uh, dial us up at 769 We'd like to hear what your uh, thoughts are on any topic whatsoever. It is an open line conversation. I just wanted to play a sound bite uh, before we move on to another topic. From the governor, from uh, her news conference earlier this week concerning private schools, because there was a story o- earlier in the week that some parents who have the financial resources, because you have to have the money to do it, but if you don't like what your local public school is doing, you can always shift to a private school, and there are all kinds of private schools in Rhode Island. There's some like very, very expensive ones, exclusive ones, like Moses Brown, uh, which is associated a little bit with Brown University, a private uh, school, and um, you can go there and uh, and get an education. And they're on a different uh, schedule than, let's say providence public schools so um the governor on private schools
4: for the private schools the non-public schools they have to follow four out of the five of the reopening metrics but not the municipal readiness metric so if it's a say private school in providence even though Providence, the city, won't pass the municipal check. If you're a parochial school or a private school in Providence, you don't have to do that because most of their kids don't come from Providence. Governor, one Sorry, he wasn't finished. I interrupted.
1: All right, so the governor uh, clearly indicating that the metrics that um, public schools um, have to follow to get a clearance to open... Uh, different uh, than uh, the ones that private schools have to uh, follow. And private schools, they have a lot of uh, flexibility. And one of the reasons they have a lot of flexibility is that um, these schools don't have unions. So you don't have um, a union president uh, telling the, uh, the principal or um, whoever uh, headmaster of the school you don't have the union telling them, well, we're not going to let our teachers uh, come to the classroom. Uh, These uh, private schools can, if somebody doesn't want to come to work as a teacher, all they have to do is is, uh, dismiss that teacher and hire a new teacher because private schools don't have uh, unions to deal with. So it's a complicated question. And uh, next week is Education Week in Rhode Island. Now, not uh, promoting education. No, Education Week, we mean next week, is finding out how education will function in Rhode Island in the next uh, few weeks. As uh, different schools, I've got the feeling there could be, uh, with 36 school districts in the state, Um, there could be 36 different plans all right good morning
0: jeff we have a call you, awaiting. that we do that we do let's return to the phone lines you can say good morning call thanks for your time good morning
4: you're welcome good morning jeff good morning roger good morning. um i want to tell you about something that i heard about yesterday that is out of this area but it is the way that they are handling this in texas my sister-in-law michelle is an educator and what is happening is in texas what they're calling the, They're calling them parent pods. And what they're doing is, they're getting together, and they're hiring a teacher during this duration to teach their children, um, so that they feel they are going to get the best out of the educational process, and uh, also take care of the situation of them not worrying about the kids going into the school or whatever is going on. But it was very different and the first time i had heard of that and they they call them parent pods um and i suppose you have to you know have enough money to be able to do that but um it's just uh you know who knows who knows where all of this is going and and there's also something else that i want to say who is the school committee chairperson right now
0: And the one socket is Mr. Bourget, Paul Bourget. All
4: right. Let me tell you something. It's something that I wanted to mention. I have never seen anyone pronounce names correctly at graduation (laughs) the way that man did. And, you know, there's something about having a name called and the name is wrong when you're handing them an award. And that man was phenomenal in. Um, pronouncing those names. And boy, he sure had a lot of different kinds of nationalities to deal with. So, Mr. Beauger, you are probably the best uh, eloquent person for handing out um, graduation diplomas that I have ever heard. And that's it for today, guys.
1: And you're not the only one that has made that observation. Oh, about it was incredible. Yeah. It was
4: incredible. The, you know, the enunciation, the, uh, it was incredible. And you know what? I, I always thought when I would hear a name totally mispronounced at a graduation that, yeah, you're going to hand them a graduation gift or a graduation diploma or whatever, or even even another type of award, even if it's something that's within your city or your town, and they don't pronounce your name right, you know? Well, Linda, you've but been in anyway. the MC
0: game long enough. We know you uh, from radio. We know from television. We've, we've had you at Autumn Fest, the MC. An MC has to care enough to do the legwork, to do it right and that's where it falls short so many oh, times oh
4: I'll tell you he was incredible I you know I would just wait and hope that I would hear the next series of <laughs> graduates from this man I heard them because, all <laughs> you know because he was uh, you know just so attentive to that and, and I really think that that was quite a feather in his cap alright guys have a nice weekend thank, thank you. you
0: have a nice weekend yourself all right. Uh, a side note to that is, I can mm-hmm. tell the audience, ninety-five percent of them was one take <laughs> when we produced them. One take. So what we're talking about <laughs> is uh, the graduation class of
1: Woonsocket High School, 2020, and uh, one of the things we wanted to do was uh, run the names of all the graduates prior to uh, to the graduation because there was no real um, formal graduation. So we asked the school committee chairman to come in. And read out all the names of the graduates, and then we would run a, a group of uh, 10 or 12 or 8 or 9 at the same time. And they were over 300, and looking at the actual names, some of them, uh, well, they they looked like almost impossible to pronounce. However, Mr. Borgia, being a guy who uh, uh, never turns away from, uh, from a challenge, uh, sat down with a couple of uh, people, including the superintendent and also some uh, administrators at Woonsocket High School went over the names, got the pronunciations, and uh, um, among the four or five people that he worked with, uh, he was able to get a satisfactory pronunciation, and then he came to the station and recorded them, and did it uh, pretty
0: flawlessly, as uh, Jeff uh, witnessed, so... Well, I was saying you have to yeah. care to do that much legwork, mm-hmm. and uh, he really cared about the task. Yeah. Uh, it was either him or Jack Rivers. We decided to go with Paul Bocchetta. Yeah, I think we made a good choice. All right, and thank you. Hey,
1: well, we've we've talked ourselves out of time. Friday's an easy day. I uh, get a ch- chance to talk with uh, Bob Mount Bob Mountain, and then well, John Brien uh, he uh, he just uh, runs his own show because um, uh, the, he's responsible for the content of his paid segment. And then the final few minutes here. We'll see you, um, I guess we'll see you Monday. I'll uh, see you Monday, boss. In the early morning. Goodbye, everybody. Coming up next uh, is our focus on law. Mark Smith, attorney at law, is in the building today.
0: Bye-bye, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Socket. WNRI 1 socket W236CW W260DC w 236 cw w
4: 260 dc